I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is BQ Big Decisions, and I'm Alex Matthew. How much do you like gold, and how do you look at it? Do you treat it as an investment or as something to wear, or something simply to buy to keep your family happy? Here's something that you probably didn't know: nearly four billion years ago, meteorites from outer space struck the Earth and deposited the gold that mankind has for centuries extracted and hoarded. But the amount that we have found in over four thousand years is surprisingly small. Some theorize that if you were to collect all of the gold that was ever mined, it would only fill up a little over three Olympic-sized swimming pools. And it is that scarcity that makes it so valuable. From ancient Egypt to ancient Greece, and more importantly, ancient India, gold has universally been the foremost measure of an individual's wealth. Even today, during important festivals, Indians follow their ancestors and head out to buy gold to invite Goddess Lakshmi into their homes. But mythology and tradition aside, how much gold should you own? And in today's context, can it still be considered a wealth creator? My guest today, Gautam Kalya, the head of investment solutions at Sher Khan, has the answers. Thanks for joining us, Gautam. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Did you know that uh, we had only about three Olympic-sized swimming pools worth of gold no, in the world? No, I, I'm surprised. I thought we had more. <laughs> well, just looking around you, you'd think that we had more, right? But I would think that Bapida has a significant portion of that gold. Right? <laughs> Maybe one of the swimming pools belongs to him. <laughs> well, he, and he wears all of that. Um, no, but getting down to the major point here and narrowing it down. To just financial planning and good financial planning, leaving aside tradition and myths and all of that, how do you treat gold as part of your portfolio? So, gold is an important part of your portfolio. Uh, uh, what I would say is that the what makes it so attractive is the fact that uh, it's a good hedge against inflation, and that's something that you hear about a lot. Uh, uh, it's basically uh, your friend. when all the other asset classes are not doing well when the news flow is terrible uh, so it's something to make sure uh, to have in your portfolio when all your other investments are showing in the red this is something which will probably be showing in the green so or, or the black in this case right uh, so that's that's why it's really important uh, to have an allocation to gold so so that is why uh, they call it a safe haven we'll get to that in a in a short while but from the perspective of planning your portfolio and 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 that would include all sorts of assets ideally if you're talking about a a, a good healthy portfolio that would include equity a little bit of debt and possibly some gold as well what percentage of your portfolio should ideally be in in, in gold uh i I would say about ten percent is what you should have in gold because it's a good tool to diversify. Uh, because gold is not really something you invest in for high returns; right. it's something uh, to uh, protect your portfolio. So it's a very good hedge 
uh, against uh, you know uh, f- uh, factors that are beyond your control uh, factors that influence politics uh, wars uh, those kind of issues that we read about in the papers so especially if you're a long term investor uh, and and you're worried that your savings over a period of 7 8 9 years is going to get eroded a little bit or is going to get hurt by whatever's happening around you you invest a little more into gold yes because it has it's inherently a store of value and it uh, uh, basically keeps uh, in pace with inflation so you are able to uh, uh, you know at least that portion of your portfolio is uh, a good uh, hedge against rising cost of living Uh, so that's why it uh, it makes sense and uh, some people also you know like to use it as jewelry no i was getting to that that's that's a very important point gotham because we go out i, I and i mentioned this at the start right uh, you have an important festival you have an auspicious day and the popular perception is that you must go out and buy some gold and usually what happens is that you go to the store and buy some jewelry the question is can that be treated as an investment Uh, so there are two schools of thought here and uh, one school of thought is obviously that uh, you know that's for own use right. uh, that's for decorative purposes uh, things like that so it's really not an investment especially because of the kind of cost involved uh, in uh, buying jewelry because so you're talking about the making cost exactly so it's uh, you know you're paying maybe 20 30% over the price of uh, the uh, pr- the precious metal yes. and then sometimes semi uh, precious uh, stones are involved in right. the uh, which don't really give that kind of return correct so yes so one school of thought is that it's jewelry uh is not an investment uh because you know you, you basically step out of the shop and you've lost a lot of value mm, so the, so so for yeah. example if you if you were to put that into simple terms uh, assuming that i i got uh, a piece of jewelry which is authentic here for 100 rupees i should assume that uh, if i was to look at it as an investment and if the making charges were 20% when i stepped out of the store if i were to try to sell it back it would be worth about 80 rupees exactly so i would have to wait for a significant amount of time for that 80 rupees to come back to 100 rupees right. to recover the cost right and then i'd wait for a little more time for the value to go even higher for it to be an investment right exactly or uh, the second school of thought is that you say that you've actually made an investment in gold for 80 rupees mm. and that 20 rupees is something that you spent on shopping right because that 20 rupees is something that you're actually consuming which is the making charge so if you uh, if you uh, account for it in your portfolio as 80 rupees instead of 100 that's when uh, you can treat it as an investment especially if uh, if you are viewing it as some as an investment plus a consumption commodity sure uh, and some people with the kind of investment that they have in jewelry with the kind of uh, gold that they hold in their lockers it is a Uh, i i would feel that it's criminal not to consider as consider it as part of your portfolio so it is an asset for sure yes definitely but, but my question here uh, gotham and and very quickly to make this point is that when you buy jewelry you're not looking to sell it at a later date you use it mo- most uh, often you you wear it and you probably look good in it you give it to your kids um, and you use it to buy more jewelry but 
very rarely do you go out and sell that jewelry alex you're right there's a lot of uh, emotion uh, emotional investment uh, in any piece of jewelry right. uh, but they are uh, increasingly a larger number of people maybe because of the influence of hip hop or whatever uh, i can't really put my uh, <laughs> uh, finger on it but uh, who want to stay uh, on point on trend and they go remake that jewelry right, right. so that is a part of consuming that uh, asset uh but if you have let's say uh in, if you have a total portfolio of 100 rupees out of which 60 rupees is in equity and 30 rupees is in debt and you got 10 rupees in gold coins yeah uh but then you have 200 rupees in jewelry right uh you know separately so you can't not, ignore that exactly, is the point that you're exactly, making exactly because then you have an asset allocation already which is significantly higher than you needed to be fair enough that, okay okay so that that's that's one school of thought yes. or rather the two schools of thought with regard to jewelry yes but but um i understand that a lot of financial planners out there would say hey look buy jewelry be happy about the jewelry that you you buy but don't treat it as as an investment of course on a rainy day uh, any asset that you have can be considered uh, uh, to be useful but if you're going out to buy it as an investment then go and buy out in in different forms yes. um what are these different forms that are available sure so if you're looking at gold purely from the point of an investment then you're looking at investing in gold mutual funds gold exchange traded funds uh, you're looking at uh, sovereign gold uh, bonds uh, which the banks offer now thanks to uh, government policies uh and uh, you can even look at physical gold which is again a very common way of uh, investing and holding gold you can buy gold coins and and rings and all uh, that kind of stuff exactly. which doesn't really involve much of a making charge precisely so you get gold coins which are certified uh, and you know you can most people just uh, buy those and put them in lockers and uh, absolutely so it's a great store of wealth but the point is the other three that you mentioned if you were to just talk about them a little more in detail let's talk about gold etfs first sure sure so gold etfs uh, are basically uh, provide you immense liquidity uh, there is a very low cost of holding uh, because you're not really holding the physical gold and you can uh, you know trade in them anytime during market hours so you can exit and get your uh, get access to cash almost immediately so that's fantastic so perhaps the most liquid as they say the easiest to buy and sell exactly uh, you have uh, gold mutual funds which uh, take about a day or two for you to in cash uh, but those options are also there they're slightly more expensive uh, to uh, hold on to but again you're not holding on to physical gold and the third is obviously the uh, sovereign gold uh, bonds and those actually give you a return because uh, you are making an investment in a bank you're buying that bond and you're getting a return of maybe 2 2.5% on an annualized basis and then at the end of the uh, period uh, you are actually getting uh, the value of gold right. at that time so you are investing your investment is linked to the gold price as well as getting that coupon so that again is a very attractive uh, a form of investing and it was in fact started by the government with a view to weaning uh indians off buying physical gold precisely right? because as a lot of our listeners will probably be aware uh, one of the major imports of india as a country is gold and where one of the largest if not 
the largest uh, consumers of gold in the world. Precisely. And obviously, then you sidestep all the issues regarding buying physical gold because then you are not really sure about the quality. You need to make sure that you are holding it in a safe, secure place. Yes. You know, the, uh, the chances of theft or losing that then reduce significantly. The same old concept of dematerialization, right? It, it came down to your share certificates at one point of time, Precisely. long time back. Now exactly. you hold it in an electronic form. Yes, that's a, a good analogy, Alex. All right. Uh, so we've talked about the various forms that you can buy gold in. But how should one view the recent rise in prices? What There are lots of things that are happening around the globe that have contributed to this recent rise. But So Alex, actually, gold price has gone up by 10% over the last one year. And we expect it to go up by another 5% uh, over the next one year. And the uh, reason why this has happened is prim- primarily because we see a weakening of the U.S. economy and uh, uh, expectation that the central bank in the U.S. will be cutting rates. Uh, so that rate cut is really driving uh, the momentum towards uh, uh, gold investors and gold price. Right. Uh, the, that's the key reason. Uh, followed by uh, the, uh, the potential trade war uh, escalating Uh, between U.S. and China, and obviously the uh, tension between U.S. and Iran. So uh, these are the key factors uh, that have led to the gold price rise. And you see a lot of central banks also buying gold. Uh, They are adding uh, to their uh, holdings in gold across the world. In fact, as of last year, it was the highest amount of gold bought to date by uh, central banks uh, globally. Okay. Uh, so that that's really so, what is driving the price of gold up. So, but the bottom line is, Gotham, that uh, I- any time that things look a little bleak, when the equity markets are not doing particularly well, when there is uncertainty with regard to trade and how things are going to pan out with regard to an economy, people turn to gold because it's a storehouse of wealth, right? But that is when you see the prices going up. How should you treat that in terms of when? Should you time your purchases based on how you see the prices? So I I don't think we should be timing our purchases. I think gold is something... Actually, we shouldn't be timing any of our purchases in any asset class. I'm, uh, I'm of the firm belief that you should invest in asset classes gradually uh, and build your portfolio as and when you are al- uh, your savings allow you to do that. Uh, you know, because someone listening to this podcast is uh, going to think about investing in gold today. But the point is that uh, gold has already gone up by 10%, yeah. right? So uh, you really can't get your timing right on such things. So uh, important is to gradually build your allocation and make sure that you have up to 20%. You can have around 10% But allocation. that 20% includes jewelry as well. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, typically you should have about 10% exposure because the higher exposure you have to gold, uh, the lesser the overall return you can expect from your portfolio. You know, because gold historically hasn't given a very high return. How much? Just to put uh, things... So uh, it's inflation linked. Uh, you, If you look at the long-term return of gold, it's around 4 to 5% annualized. And that is also a very generous estimate, yes. uh, you know, uh, depending on which time your time period you're looking at. So, um, I mean, five years back, it was uh, maybe 11 $1,100 to announce, now it's $1,400. And obviously, we are talking after the 10%. And, and of course, it goes to those levels and comes back down. So, it, it doesn't keep rising over a period. Right. So, it's not really a straight line, though it is significantly less volatile than other asset classes. Uh, so, the, the ups and downs, the volatility that you experience as an investor is much lower. 
uh, in gold. And if you were to put that in in context uh, and talk about equity uh, as a comparison? Yeah, so I think the best example uh, to view gold investment is and why it's important in your portfolio is 2008-2009 when yes. the markets were down 30 plus percent yeah. and gold was up 25 percent correct right uh, so that really tells you uh, wh- why gold is important in your portfolio when you're bleeding uh, red everywhere this is something that will help Absolutely. prop you up so it's 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 uh, as opposed to equity which is your fair weather friend it is something that you go to exactly it's your friend in need absolutely all right a very quick question at the end of this conversation we're done talking about gold but just want to quickly ask you if you don't like gold and if you still want to invest in a precious metal or or in something that is similar to that is there any option available to you i don't think there's any other asset class that has been able to demonstrate the intrinsic value the qualities that gold has in terms of keeping pace with inflation yeah uh, over such a long period of time uh you could look at silver you look could look at uh, diamonds but uh, those uh, those investments are much more volatile. Sure. Silver has a much more uh, industrial use. Uh, so I would say, I would probably say silver is your closest uh, replica. But if someone doesn't like gold, I'm assuming he doesn't like silver either. Uh, so if you're off commodities altogether, then you could probably look at debt. Okay. Uh, you know, I think uh, you're probably better off investing there then. Fair enough. All right. So that covers most of the bases with regard to gold as an asset class. The bottom line is that it's really a storehouse of wealth and not a wealth creator. So don't allocate a large portion of your portfolio towards gold. Thanks so much for joining us on this conversation, Gotham, and helping our listeners out. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. And to all of you who've joined in and listened in to this conversation, do let us know what you think in the comment section below. And don't forget to share. Watch the space for a lot more in the realm of personal finance. Thanks so much for listening. This is Bloomberg Quint. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa, hosted by Anupam Gupta. Advertising is Dead, hosted by Varun Dugirala. The Ronnie Screwwala Podcast, hosted by Ronnie Screwwala. Or Cyrus Says, hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Do you have a night routine? Well, everyone has one. And the to-do list usually looks like this. Brush your teeth, set that alarm, get into your pajamas and switch off those screens. But here's one more to add to that list. Tune into the Positively Unlimited podcast for a dose of positive action and tips on how to build powerful mindsets. Episodes out every Monday on the IBM Podcast app, ibmpodcast.com or wherever you tune into podcasts. Every week comes a show where three people come together to tell you about stuff they like. A movie, a TV show, a book, and other stuff. Tune in every Monday on the IVM Podcast app to IVM Likes. Batman approves this message. Thank you, Batman.